Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're looking at 1 Peter, an incredible letter that Peter wrote to comfort Christians with the gospel in the face of suffering and instructing them in what it looks like to live with confidence in light of the gospel, in light of the identity and hope and security that we have in Christ. And we're looking right now at the family code or the family table that begins in chapter 2 verse 18 and runs through chapter 3 verse 7. This passage is really fleshing out some previous imperatives of being subject to the Lord, uh, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, live as people who are free, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. Peter's really fleshing these out in the specific context of the family here. We've looked at the, the words that he has for servants and the words that he has for wives, and we were reminded that all of this is hinges on the reality of the finished work of Jesus Christ that we read about in chapter 2, verses 21 through 25, that Jesus is the example for us. And not just for servants, because as we saw yesterday, likewise wives, so we see now in verse 7, likewise husbands. So there's this sense in which Peter is openly and admittedly building on what he has already stated. And so if you are concerned with, well, why do men only get one verse and women get six and slaves get three, what gives here? Well, he has already said a great deal, and by starting with likewise... He now has uh, uh, brought in all that has been said before, reminding us that what he's dealing with with husbands is not at odds with, but is a peace at peace with what has already been said. So just as we talked about uh, on Friday, or uh, on I guess that was on Saturday, just as we talked about uh, with with wives that they're to see themselves and, and, and see the motivation of what they're doing as the honor of Christ so that the lives we live in this world might be recognized as honorable even by pagans. So, so they're to see, just like the servants were, that the motivation is the example of Christ's suffering, that that's the, what's to motivate us in our relationships. Likewise, Husbands, this is what's to motivate us as well. Just as, as, as servants were to see Christ and his suffering as, as their motivation for how they live, just as wives were to see it that way, just as wives were to, to seek to honor their husbands and, and, and to live lives that honor God, that are precious in God's sight, likewise husbands. So we've got to keep all of that in mind. He, again, as, as we have said before, Peter is using this literary form of the family code or the family table that was found in Hellenistic literature, but he's not using it for the same purposes. He's not merely trying to, to keep a certain social order in check. Rather, he is using this family code, but interpreting it and applying it in the light of the gospel. And so he tells husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. So, so right there, we see a, a significant difference. 
Peter is not assuming that the husband gets to do just whatever he wants because he is the husband and he is the head. That's not the picture that we have at all. Rather, he's supposed to live with his wife understanding her, understanding how she is made, understanding who she is, understanding even the value that she brings to the table. When we look at what Paul said, we read this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and blemished. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Peter doesn't go into the same detail here, but when he says live with your wives in an understanding way, when he grounds all of this in the gospel, that's exactly what he's driving at. That... We are to love our wives knowing them, knowing what they need from us, just as Christ loved us, knowing us, and knowing what we needed from him. Peter then has this phrase that is uncomfortable in our setting for for different reasons, some valid, some not. But he says, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. The idea that we would say a woman is a weaker vessel is uh, rather appalling to many in our culture, and and for some, I understand why. I'm going to read what Karen Jobes says about this in her commentary. She writes, According to the prevalent understanding of the time, God impartially gave memory, attention, and the power to practice self-control to both man and woman. Gender-differentiated aptitudes make the husband and wife mutually dependent because the one is competent where the other is deficient. In the context of 1 Peter, the weaker vessel is primarily understood as physical weakness relative to men's strength. She's already had a discussion about just the general roles that in this time men had versus the roles that women had. She goes on, therefore, Peter's exhortation indirectly addresses the issue of physical abuse. However, the immediate context makes it clear that the female is also weaker in the sense of social entitlement and empowerment. Peter teaches that men whose authority runs roughshod over their women, even with society's full approval, will not be heard by God. So here's what what Karen helpfully reminds us. In her commentary, Dr. Jobes reminds us that what Peter is driving at here is not some kind of fundamental women are weak and men are strong. Now, generally speaking, physically, she recognizes that, okay, yes, there is a strength differentiation there. But she's not saying that as people, fundamentally, Women are weak, incapable, not as smart, whatever. She's recognizing, rightly, what Peter's driving at is two realities. That physically there is a difference and men don't get to exert our physical strength over our wives to get what we want. It's a denial of physical abuse in that way. Secondly, Peter is recognizing that in the culture in which they lived, 
as far as social standing, women were in a weaker position than men. And so what does he tell husbands to do? Honor them. In other words, lift them up. Though they may exist in their culture in a weaker position from a social standing viewpoint, they are not to exist that way within the marriage. And it is the husband's job to ensure that they don't. See, this is actually culturally a rather subversive teaching that the husband's job is to honor the wife and then he goes on since they are heirs with you of the grace of life the the husband's job is not to oppress the wife and and keep her submissive in in this kind of social weakness way but to lift her up and present her to her family and and treat her within the family as one who is a co-heir with him of the grace that comes from Jesus Christ. We're to honor our wives, living with them in this understanding way because they are heirs with us. An idea that would have been preposterous in the ancient world. But that's how it is here presented. And Peter makes this bold move so that your prayers may not be hindered. What he's driving at here is the reality of if you don't see your wife as equal with you in her standing before God, then you don't get the gospel. It's that simple. That if we are to rightly understand the gospel if we are to rightly understand the empowering of the Spirit, the gifting of the Spirit, the strengthening of the Spirit, the identity that we have in Christ, the hope that we have in Christ, the security that we have in Christ, if we are to rightly understand that as husbands, as heads of the family, the very first thing that we're going to understand is that our wives have it just the same and those who work as servants in our house have it just the same, that we are all on a level playing field before God, that before him in Christ, there is no male and female. There is no slave and free. There is no Jew and Gentile. For we all have the same standing in Christ. And so Peter says to husbands, honor your wives as such. Within our homes, men, our wives should understand and our children should understand by our treatment of our wives that they have equal standing with us before God. That their spirituality, that their understanding of the gospel is just as vital, just as certain as ours is. That we don't get some special insight because we're the head of the family. No, 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 no. If that's how people are seeing us live with our wives, that they don't really have a voice, we're ruining it. We're missing it. We're to honor them as co-heirs. When people see, when our children see how we treat our wives, 
they should see that we're treating them with greater honor, with greater respect, holding them in higher regard before God than the culture around us. That's what Peter is calling husbands to, even in these few words that he uses. They are some of the most subversive words to the prevailing thought on how things were to be structured in his day. Might we, husbands, so honor our wives as those for whom Christ died and therefore have equal standing with us before God, filled with the same spirit, given the same wisdom. And so might we have our prayers unhindered before God. Thank you.